Generation reject dystopia, abandon utopia, and instead embrace protopia, a world where every day we take small steps to make tomorrow better than yesterday. This podcast is brought to you by Proteus Theatre. To find out more about what they do, visit proteustheatre.com. Who is joining the conversation today? I'm Kez, I'm 17 and I'm studying film and media. I'm Jess, I'm 18 and I'm hoping to study medicine in September. And I'm Phoebe, I'm 17 and I'm studying sociology, product design and photography. In this final edition of Generation Protopia, we will consider what it means to reach for Protopia in a world that has been changed, perhaps forever, by coronavirus. How might we overcome uncertainty and thrive in our careers? What options can we take to secure a vibrant future for the arts sector? And how can we support our family and friends? Phoebe, has lockdown changed your view of your family? and friends. I've seen my family a lot more than I have in the past because all my siblings are older than me so they don't live at home with me but now they've lived at home with me which is really nice actually to have them home. Difficult because sibling relationships can always be a little bit tense sometimes when you argue (laughs) and whatnot but really it's been nice and actually I think that I've become friends with them more because you just have to spend time with them. There's no going out and seeing friends and going out you're stuck in a house with them and it's been nice. I've played games and things and done things that you wouldn't, I wouldn't have done before with them. And with friends, I think it's different because I'm a very loving person. I really like to, I'm a bit of a mum to my friends, honestly. And like the difference is that they haven't really had me there to rely on and they haven't been there particularly for me to rely on only over technology. And I've actually enjoyed not having to see them every day, however bad that sounds. Because you grow yourself when you grow away from people. But I've got to enjoy my own space and learning about myself. But I really, now, when I do see my friends, I really appreciate seeing them every day that I get to see them instead of, you know, getting a bit annoyed at them those days that I had to see them every day. Kids, you are homeschooled. Did lockdown have a major impact on how much time you spent with your family not really I mean lockdown has kind of just felt like the rest of my life to me <laughs> like <laughs> nothing's really changed I just see my family the same amount as I always saw them for the majority of my life so yeah it's just it's just the same <laughs> and what about your friends I wouldn't 
say I've seen less of them. It's just like physically seen less because I only really, like I had it at college, but I only really had like this drama group and then that was pretty much it. So like, no, I haven't really seen, like I still see them once a week. So like, hi guys. <laughs> it's, um, it's been so, about the same amount. Yeah, my cool friends. <laughs> Jess, what about you? Yeah, I think I've definitely been home more considering how much time I would have been spending at college normally. And I've been seeing my dad more because he normally works away all day. He leaves early in the morning because he has to drive an hour to get there and then he gets back late in the evening. And so he's been working from home and that's been nice to see him, even though he's still working upstairs and I don't see him during the day. We do see more of him in the evenings and at mealtimes and that sort of thing. Um, my mum, on the other hand, has actually been working more because she's a teaching assistant in a primary school and she used to work just mornings, but she started since schools were going back after lockdown she started working all day and actually sort of been responsible for her own bubble of, of kids so she's been working more but it's been nice still to see my dad and my brother and she's been enjoying it so I haven't felt too bad about that because I know that she's you know doing what she likes with her time. Let us now hear from Danny Charles he is an associate artist at Proteus Theatre he says the coronavirus pandemic prompted him to refocus on his family. The amount of people I've spoken to who have said having this time has given them a chance to rethink what is actually really important in their lives. And it's so easy, isn't it, when you have a whole load of work going from one project to another or of one day to another trying to get through it all, how much time do you actually have to sit down and think about life and what's going on in your life? And this, in a way, has, I think, almost been a gift. You know, I don't want to diminish the horrendousness of what's going on and the amount of people that have died, because that is horrific, absolutely horrific. But surely what's really important is those relationships with your friends and with your family. My mum and my younger brother both got COVID and were incredibly ill with it. And I really struggled with that. I've had a difficult relationship, it must be said, with my mother over the years. There's absolutely no doubt about that at all. But the idea of losing her was so horrific in my mind. I, uh, I think I slightly fell apart, actually, over the time when she was really, really ill. Thankfully, I mean, she's come out the other end of it, but I think this time has helped me to really focus on what's actually important in my life. And relationships, are, and they are important. Family is really, really important as well. Phoebe, what do you think about what Danny says? Yeah, I, I really resonate with what he's saying. I, I've lost a lot of people this year and I don't know anyone who doesn't know of someone, even if it's not in their own family, who has passed away from COVID or has had COVID. And I just think that it's such a, a strong connection. It's horrific. It's a horrible illness. It's horrible. But it is such a, a force that is connecting so many people in this world and I think even if it's a horrible time and everyone's going through this horrible time I do think a lot of people are resonating with 
this sort of feeling of family and connections and relationships and how important they actually are in people's lives and it's been really important that we had some sort of wake-up call even to um, really appreciate what we are given in this life which is all these people to connect with. Has, has the pandemic changed your view of your family and friends? Not particularly I think just because coronavirus has like like lockdown has felt generally just like my normal life I think it will make me appreciate people more definitely like especially with just how horrible the illness is like losing people is just a lot more impactful now I guess I don't know if that makes sense yeah no I get what you mean Kez it feels more like a possibility now yeah it feels more more of a danger whereas it's yeah, I think it's just made us more or more aware of... Yeah, it's like this thing that's sort of, oh, it's not about being hit by a car that only, like, this certain amount of people get hit. Like, this is an illness that a lot of people are getting. And yeah. It's quite easy to get, you know? And, exactly, and, yeah. And it's also really bad, and you're uh, there's a high chance that people might die from it. And I think there's, mm. there's this sort of... It's right in front of us, and we can't deny it. Yeah. I would like now to turn to the subject of education and work. Jess, how might access to opportunity be made more equal and fair? I think, well, in terms of speaking about what I probably know the most about in terms of the education system and everything, I don't have that much experience in the workplace. And I was working at a a playgroup for disabled children before lockdown. So I did have that job and that sort of, Um, experience there but in terms of education everything's going to be very different but I think once everyone accepts that things are going to change especially with university human beings generally just are good at adapting to things (laughs) like we can deal with changes even though this is very unexpected and we'd rather it didn't happen I think we're very good at figuring out ways around that and things like online teaching for education that alone has increased in its quality in the last couple of months yeah Mm. when it started people didn't know what they were doing (laughs) that's just the truth like I didn't know how to use zoom or google classrooms or anything like that but now even technology is advancing at such a rate that by the time we get to next year I think that we'll be able to deal with those things and the same with the workplace like from what I know of people who work in an office normally there's a lot of talk about maybe they could just work from home permanently do they need to be Mm. in the office and that's, you know, a really important thing to consider is do we need to go back to the way it was before or should we just not go with the flow? But <laughs> it's a difficult situation and we don't want to be here. But now that we are, like, maybe we can just restart, I guess. And yeah. if it's, a you know, a job that can't be done from home, you know, I mean, anything practical, if you're a, an engineer or an electrician or a plumber or if you work in healthcare, it's obviously going to be a massive change. But again, maybe it could be for the better in terms of, precautions that are taken and that sort of thing. Kez, do you think access to technology and the internet is important in creating a level playing field? Uh, yeah, I definitely definitely think so. From like education, I guess, standpoint, this like steps forward for that would be like giving people that access to the computers that they might need or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like giving them those resources to work from home would be sort of next steps forward, if that makes sense. It's definitely, it's a whole new criteria that needs to be thought about. Exactly. Because now when people start at college or university or school, the teachers especially that are looking after them need to say, okay, 
do these people need extra support yeah. with their online yeah. learning? Yeah. So it's a whole other ball game, I suppose, in when you're training teachers, maybe they need to be made more aware of how to yeah. help with those sorts of things. Exactly. And it's like the amount of teachers that are like, oh, how does this projector work? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's um, like maybe they should do more, you know, technology training with teachers or that yeah. sort of thing, just to get them to the place where they feel comfortable with yeah, online like, teaching. Where are your funds going? Where yeah. are the government <laughs> funds going? You know, like, yeah. are, we, are you going to give the funds to help build a building or to give everyone in the school a laptop? You know? Yeah. There's a whole new set of things that are exactly. more important. Going back to, you know, priorities of change. Yeah. But before you just said, oh, you can just go to the library if you need a book. But exactly. now it's like, okay, I need to be able to access this online. Exactly. Mm. It's like you can create a room online and it, it from a laptop on virtual space, you know. I do photography and um, we had an exhibition and obviously we couldn't do it in the gallery at school. So we made a gallery online and, you know, there's so much technology that is in the palm of our hands that we're not using. And I think that is amazing that it's come out of this because you know, use the technology we've got. And also the older people, however much they they need to learn. They need to learn to use the technology. Mm. Exactly. And I think it's good that there's always that flexibility. Like you can always learn to use things, even though it's, you know, people are going to find it harder than others. I'm not particularly good at technology. (laughs) Kez is going to be much better at using any kind of computer than I ever will be. But it's, you know, we can all learn anything really if we put our minds to it and if that's what we need to do to progress in the workplace or with education then that's what we'll do let us now consider the future of the performing arts how can live performance such as theatre survive without large audiences paying to visit venues and see shows. Jess? Well, I think there's definitely being the shift that was, I think, happening before coronavirus and before lockdown to the way that we can present plays and music and the arts before, okay, you go into the theatre and you sit and you watch a play. Whereas now, I think people are exploring more ways of being able to present that sort of, like, you know, still get your point across, but in a different way, maybe. So... I know we've done a few things in the past where it's been, you know, interactive with the audience or we've gone to an abandoned office building to do our show and that sort of thing. (laughs) We're not often very traditional in that we have a, you know, we rent out a theatre and we get the audience in. And even though obviously there's certain things that won't be possible now due to having to social distance in the near future, I think there's definitely ways that we could figure out ways of doing things online. You could have, you know, even something where it's just like a Zoom call. Yeah, and you've just yeah. got people like doing Shakespeare over Zoom, you know. <laughs> it was already sort of starting this sort of revolution of like, we can take our performing arts into other spaces other than just the theatre and we can take that to the public in different ways. And so I think that that's just part of the process, I suppose, of it all changing. Yeah. And hopefully we'll still have theatres and traditional plays and that kind of thing. And I think it will resume after however much time whether that needs to be months or years or however long that needs to be I think it will yeah it will circle back around but I do think it's a good opportunity to try out some new things yeah to sort of innovate Kez what innovations would you like to see happen for theatre I think I'd welcome yeah I I think the zoom call is kind of a fun idea just sort of um, yeah you could do so much with like audience interactions there as well yeah do you remember like that one film, Unfriended. 
where it was like really bad and they were calling over Skype, I think it was. Oh, I saw trailers for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah and the whole, it, it was, was a horror really, film. It was a really bad film. But like you can do something <laughs> with that now. Like yeah. where you could just have people in the call, not on video, obviously, but then the yeah. actors are on video and they're acting that thing out. That would be an interesting thing. It could just idea. be based yeah. on, you know, you could do something, you could do so much horror stuff, couldn't you? Where the actors yeah. are all on, in their own rooms yeah. on yeah. Zoom and you could have effects and all sorts. Yeah, I think it's... I think that would be a cool idea. But also yeah. stuff like on YouTube, yeah and especially because you're obviously Kez you're really into sort of animation yeah. and that side of things that's something you can do you know easily socially right distance you could do it yeah exactly and you put those things online for people to see yeah. so you can still express yourself in that way I would imagine yeah. I mean yeah. I don't... feeling what might theatres do for themselves to recover from the I think it's about adapting and innovating I think that the theatres that are really going to struggle in this time and the ones that are like, okay, no, I can't do anything different than what yeah. it is done. I can only perform to my full extent on a stage. Exactly. <laughs> what I yeah. find really interesting is like the football, they had cardboard cutouts of people and then speakers. Yeah, it <laughs> it's like there are so many things that people just, they can create. And I really think that arts and theatre and it's about creating. That is the yeah. basis yeah. of it. We are the creators and we should be creating, you know? We can do all these things and we don't need to do it how other people have done it because that's not why we're there. We can make a play. We can, I'm sure we can make something else. Like there's so many people out here and we all have brains that we can use. You know? <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't have to stick to other people's what they think is right, you know? Yeah. yeah. And everyone's going to see what's happening now differently. Everyone's exactly. got a different take on it. Even just in this room, like we're all, we're, our minds are all working very different ways. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's, it'll be probably a challenge, but I think we'll be able to overcome. Exactly. In a previous episode, we discussed equality and diversity. Kez, do you think theatre has a problem in this area that needs to be addressed? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think theatre is very white <laughs> currently and very, very cishet currently as well which, you know, is kind of a problem because there's no variety in anything yeah. that we're telling. It's just sort of similar experiences. So, yeah, I definitely think there is a problem with, like, equality and diversity in theatre yeah. and stuff. Because I watched the documentary you said about on Netflix, oh, yeah. Disclosure. Yeah. And that was, I mean, obviously that's about sort of the media and film yeah. and TV, but that really did open my eyes to it because yeah. it's a lot of issues that you maybe wouldn't think, think about. about. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's the sort of thing that I wouldn't, I, I agree with, obviously, that there should be more representation, yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily have noticed that if it hadn't been pointed out to me. Yeah. Especially with the way um, it was mainly focused on how trans people are represented in films. Yeah. And that's not something I necessarily would have thought about before, but now that's... Yeah. I, I'll watch a film and I'll think about that. And so yeah, I do yeah. think it's... Especially now that we've had this break from a lot of media being created and obviously, like, theatres being closed and that sort of thing, it's a really good chance to, like, when they reopen have a different view on these things yeah think about it like critically and stuff yeah also with all of the things happening in the world at the moment you know we need to use that and and take from that and 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 work on our problems you know we can't just go back to how it was yeah and be like oh yeah this is the normal exactly no this is not now we've got that outsider perspective on like how things were done before and we can you know we can learn from that and learn from each other and change how things are done yeah especially in the creative arts there's so much room for changing you know representation and how things are done like we were saying it's a really flexible sort of area 
Let us now hear from Jess Andrade. She is a woman of colour working in theatre. She says the killing of George Floyd and the inequalities exposed by lockdown highlighted a lack of credible action in some parts of the industry. You know, it sparked conversations from my drama school, um, how everyone was releasing statements in how they were going to support Black Lives. And for me, I was just thinking, why did it take this lockdown to happen for them to realise that yet another death is happening, for them to realise that the Black Lives in this country are also being silenced, how they're not listened to. So, yeah, our drama school let out a statement saying that they wanted to hear from Black voices, they wanted to hear about the racism within their organisation, but we've been talking about it. Jess, what steps might the performing arts take to address the lack of action Jess Andrade is describing? I think any kind of discrimination or even a lack of representation just comes from a lack of knowledge about the area so I think a lot of people didn't realize you know like George Floyd has brought a lot of stuff to light that we didn't necessarily know about or we chose not to hear about and I think that this time this lockdown period has been really good to give everyone opportunity to research and to learn about these things themselves like I was saying about watching that documentary I'm so glad that I did that because I feel a lot better equipped now to I suppose encourage the sort of representation and diversity that we want, because the more I learn about it, the more I, I don't want to say I understand, because obviously there are things I can never understand, because I've never been in that position. And I'm obviously in a very good position being white and straight. And I haven't had a lot of prejudice against me. But I think now is a perfect opportunity to look into those prejudices and like, why they happen and to try and avoid it in the future. Because in your view, our awareness and knowledge sufficient on their own to tackle this problem i don't know about sufficient but definitely like needed to tackle this like i do think like absolutely people need to research and like be knowledgeable about representation and correct representation and be critical of bad representation but i definitely think we also need to be ready to tackle does that make sense like you need to especially for people who are white, if we're talking about like representation of like people in color in media, we need to be ready to be like, hey, yeah. maybe this isn't... You need um, to understand it and then yeah. be willing to and actually then be willing implement to, that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's a now thing, not like a then thing, yeah. not a in the future thing. It's like, we need to be doing this now. Yeah. yeah. Let us now talk about how your generation has been affected by the coronavirus pandemic and what it may mean for your future. Feeding, what lasting impacts might you expect? I think that we're going to be I mean, we're going to be a completely different generation. (laughs) We're not going to be the same as any of them. You know, we're going to be we are going through something that no one's really experienced that not Mm. in the lifetime that people are alive right now anyway and I think that is going to change our generation completely I think we'll we'll be stronger for it I think we were a generation that we're going to create real change and I really hope we'll 
create real change you know that's what I see our generation as and 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 being and and this force to be reckoned with that we're not going <laughs> to let these other generations these older people and and the people we question what they're doing we're not going to just question it we're going to stop it you know yeah all the things that have happened now I've just seen our our generation kind of work together as this force again <laughs> sort of like not army but like we're not a, a sections of lots of different people we're together you know we are one and we will work together to to create the change that we want yes do you believe your generation will be more or less confident in future as a result of coronavirus optimistically and I do like to I like to think optimistically (laughs) will be the better for what has happened I think the fact that we've been stuck at home for so long and we've been in that position where we can't really do much to affect anything that's happening we've had that sort of difficulty even with just going to work a lot of us can't do that anymore a lot of us Mm. are struggling with our studies and I think having that sort of powerlessness of just having to let things happen will definitely change things once we're out of lockdown and once we're sort of out the other side of this crisis I think we'll definitely recognize more that we can take things into our own hands and we can change things just because we haven't been able to for the past few months now we're sort of realizing oh okay once this is all over I am going to do this and I'm going to yeah um, it's like change we, we've been stuck in our houses and we've still been able to make change you know exactly we're not stuck yeah in our and being sat at home for so long and having I think it's important we've had such a long time to sort of think and reflect as well and having that opportunity means that now in the future, you know, five, ten years time was when we're all working, we can all reflect back and be like, what was it that frustrated me so much when I was in the position where I couldn't do much to change things? And we can use that as motivation, I, I guess, to actually change things because it's made me realise, especially what's been going on with protests and Black Lives Matter and all of the politics that's going on there. I've sort of thought, oh, OK, even in these circumstances, we can make this social and political change and so there's no excuse when we're in normal circumstances <laughs> if we've been able to manage it this past few months you know we are going to end our conversation here i would like to ask each of you for your commitment to building protopia Kes. um the commitment i would like to make to build protopia is i'd just like to be more aware of things and more confident in my ability to make change, if that makes sense, and be kinder to people. <laughs> Phoebe. I think I just want to be proactive, you know, I, I want to educate myself, I want to make the action, I, I, I want to be moving and doing things and, and making the change that I want. Yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with both of you. Having been able to see the change happening, and even whilst you've all been in this situation, I think. In the future, we can all make that extra effort to implement change and to not only educate ourselves on what we want to see happen, but to make it happen. And that's sort of in our hands now. Thank you, Jess, Kez and Phoebe for your contributions. This is the final edition of Generation Protopia. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. You can find every episode of Generation Protopia at proteustheatre.com forward slash podcasts. We wish you well in taking your own steps towards Protopia. Thank you for listening and 
Goodbye.